0: Thank you all. I appreciate that. So, you came in this mo- this evening. If uh, you're used to coming here and you're looking at the chairs and you're thinking, what in the world is going on? So, I, I f- figure you need a little bit of an explanation. So, I, I just want, hopefully, you, you, when you came in, you noticed right above there's a star. Alright, so, uh, the creative arts team... Uh, started uh, planning this some months ago and their theme came up with uh, come into His presence and we used the star then as our symbol to to lead us into His presence. So we've got the star right here to, to represent that part. But how beautiful this is to have uh, the manger scene here right in the center. So we've got the manger um, uh, as, as a center focus. So what we're looking at here is the star invites us into his presence. The manger introduces us to Jesus. But the reason the chairs are the way they are is because it's in a shape of a cross. So you've got the foot of the cross here, the head of the cross is the light, and the arms going right here this way. Watch out, we're going to bump into you tonight. <laughs> I just you noticed he moved a chair and, and came over. So just just be be aware of that. Um, and so the invite to Jesus, the introduction to Jesus, the cross involves us with Jesus in our relationship with him. That's what we're going to look at tonight. So I just want to give you an explanation, explanation. Chances are you'll never have to deal with this arrangement ever again. So, but thank you for bearing with us tonight. Um, and, and four times this evening, I am going to ask our kids special questions. So, uh, I just want, want you to kind of, you know, uh, pay attention and see what's going on. Um, look at that picture. Isn't that gorgeous? Wow. Wow. Look at those stars. I want our kids to be able to tell the rest of us how smart you really are tonight. Now, the first question is going to be the toughest. I, I guarantee that. Who can tell me who which which young one here can tell me what is a star? What's a star? What's a star? Yes, yes. Star, like it. it glows absolutely. Yes, what else would you add to that? It's like a fireball. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Is, um, you are Oh man, give me 5, dude. You are awesome. Perfect. Perfect. There's a difference between planets and stars. Oh, you want to add to it? Go ahead. What else? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Give me five. Oh, you guys are just awesome. What are they teaching in, your, in schools? This is great. Yeah. of burning gas. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. I'm, I'm utterly amazed that you knew all of that. See, planets such as the moon and the earth are rocks planet has a rock with a lot of water on it. But a star, and the sun, as we were told, is a star, is this big ball of wax, of wax, of, of gas. I'm full of it tonight. Big ball of gas. And um, so our sun is a star. But as you look up into the sky, there's a whole ton of suns out there. Um, and I was reading in my research, I don't know if you guys knew this, but you can go impress your teachers with this. Each star, each star that's burning, has enough gas in it to burn for billions of years. Mm-hmm. Wow. Not, not just one billion, but several billions. One more.
1: Jupiter is actually a star, but it
0: doesn't shine. Okay. Ah, I am getting lessons tonight. That is so cool. I appreciate that. You guys are really good. You guys are really good. Um, So, you know, the the question then becomes, where do stars come from? And I suppose there could be a scientific theory to explain it all, but uh, um, planets are rock, stars are sun, and our sun is gas. Uh, But we need to trust the Word of God to give us an explanation here. So the Word of God tells us that regardless of how God did it, He created the stars in the beginning. And so I go back to Genesis, and Genesis starts with these words, the first uh, book in the Bible, In the beginning God created. Now verse 14 talks of what God did on the fourth day. He said, And God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the sky. And in verse 16, it specifically says, He also made the stars. Very specific. Now for centuries now, Christians have been talking about this one special star. That uh, one, once a year we call the star of Bethlehem or the star over Bethlehem. And uh, what a wondrous star it really must have been. I've always been fascinated with stars I like to, if I can, stay up late at night to watch comets and meteors and even get out the telescope if there's a lunar eclipse coming on. I figure God gives us these, these shows for a purpose. At least we can do is go out and see part of it. And so I love to do that. You know, 30 years ago, uh, my family was up in the mountains at some, a friend's cabin. And I had never experienced this in my life before. But I, we, 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 I, I go outside and I look up in the sky. I have never seen that many stars in my life, ever. And I just, I just went, oh, that's why they call it the Milky Way. I mean, it was just white. There were so many stars out there, I couldn't believe it. I just, uh, I, I, I love that. I love that. And um, it, it would be impossible to count all the stars. Now, if we go in our backyards, we can do that. There's so much city light that we can't see through that. But we can't count the stars. In fact, God challenged a man named Abram, whose name was changed to Abraham, uh, to, to uh, to do that. He said in Genesis 15, verse 5, He took him outside and said, Look up at the sky and count the stars if you can count them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. And Abram believed him, and it was accredited to him as faith. Now, I can only imagine in ancient times what the skies must have looked like. Wow, even fuller than what I saw in the mountains. And yet, some scientific explorers way back then saw something curiously amazing about this star that appears. Now, there's so many stars in the night sky, that it makes you wonder how they even noticed this particular star. There were these educated men that uh, lived somewhere in the east, and they noticed there was something unique <coughs> about that star. Now we talk about there being how many wise men? We talk about three, but the Bible doesn't give us that number. There's no number indicated. We we assume that is three because there were three gifts: gold frankincense and what was the third gift myrrh Myr. very good gold frankincense so we assume there were three but there could have been more it could have been fewer the only information that we have about these magi these uh, wise men is found in uh, chapter 2 of matthew verses 1 and 2 after jesus was born in bethlehem in judea during the time of king herod magi from the east came to jerusalem and asked Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Do y'all know what a compass is? I got a really fancy one. Look at that. That's old. That's old. No, it's just a reproduction. Look at this. Isn't that so I mean it's complicated. But see that see that red red in that. On that needle, that's pointing north. This is like a daytime where the clock shy, uh, the sun shines and it casts a shadow, and you can tell what time it is. And oh. then it can go up and down to adjust to the angle of the stars that are there. Uh, this is really kind of cool, um, but it's, it's called a compass. And a compass is used. You want to see it? Cut. So I'm, you know, looking for other kids that might want to see this. <laughs> but uh, the, a compass, you know, a compass it, it points. Hold on to that for me, would you, please? It points to the north, but it doesn't fit well in your pocket. So if you want to, you can just simply go to an app and find a compass uh, on the app. So we, we, we turn to the north, and then I know that if I put my hand straight to the right, that's east. And that's where the wise men came from. So, so that's what a compass is used for. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Um, The wise men used the star like a compass to lead them to Bethlehem. Now, what's interesting is, to me, is they didn't know they were looking for Bethlehem. They didn't have the name of the town. They didn't know that. They just we're following the star because there was something special about that star. Now, astronomers and astrologers may agree that it might have been a comet or it could have been what they, they say is a nova or a supernova. And, uh, and it just appears as a new star. So the first recorded supernova that was ever recorded was in 5 BC. That's 500 years before Jesus was born by uh, Chinese and Korean astronomers. The star appeared over the eastern horizon just before dawn. And perhaps that was a similar thing that the Magi were experiencing and seeing. But trying to explain the purpose of this star, trying to get an explanation of that, I assume they consulted their charts and their ancient writings, and one of those ancient writings may have included the book of Isaiah, But somehow they concluded that this star signified a a birth of someone very special. Their research led them to call him the King of the Jews. So inspired and motivated, they set off for a really long journey. It took them at least, they say, two years to arrive to Bethlehem. And uh, I can't imagine riding a camel for that long, but, uh, uh, you know, they they were determined to go. And so this star didn't just appear as any other star that they've always seen. It became a guiding light, which they followed like a compass in order to find the one whom they came to worship. Now, we're going to take a little commercial break. No, we're going to take a little break because you notice when we sang the first Noel, we only sang one verse. Verses 2 and 3 talk about the wise men and the star. So we're going to pick this up now and sing those two verses of the first Noel. Join me, please. You don't have to stand if you want. Now, the wise men traveled all that distance, as I said, for perhaps as long as two years, probably riding in the latest camel bucket seats that they could find. And it was not an easy road trip. But they were compelled to make this trip. And when they arrived, where did they find Jesus? Wrong. Wrong. Take a look at this picture and tell me what's wrong with that picture. We got one, one back here. Jesus is still a baby. not a baby. He should be like two years old. Why is this picture wrong? Any other kids got an answer for me? No, that's not it. It's not that it should be a cave. Rob, you're a young one. Come ahead. The wise men didn't make it to the stable. Exactly. They came to Bethlehem. The star didn't say, it doesn't say the star shone over the manger. It said the star shone over Bethlehem. It led them to Bethlehem. You know what, guys, it's important to me that you understand biblical truth. Hallmark and Hollywood combine the stories together to sell cards and movies. That's all. But it's not true. And, and, you know, we need to let people know that by the time they arrived, Jesus was, was a young boy. He was like two years old. So look at Matthew Chapter 2, verse 11, it says, On coming, where? To the house. They saw the child with his mother Mary and bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And so, I mean, it's just out of convenience that that everyone puts... I love that. I I never watched South Park, but I always thought that would look like those little characters. The wise men just grinning like they're looking for a a picture to be taken. But uh, they came to the house. So they stayed there in Bethlehem. They didn't move back. And that's where uh, they found them, was in a house. Now, we don't know much about the wise men. We do know that they were not Jewish. So when the Apostle John sat down to write his gospel, he was writing to two different types of readers. First to the Jews and secondly to Greeks. Because it was written in Greek. Here's the difficulty of that task. There are only, make sure my number is right, 10,000 words in the Hebrew language. The Greek language uses 200,000 words. So here's the task that John is sitting down to figure out. What words do I use that both a Jewish reader and a Greek reader would be able to understand? Difficult, difficult task. So we look at John 1, verse 1. And he starts out by saying this. In the beginning was the word... And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. So by starting out with the words in the beginning, He was identifying with the creation story, as we just talked about. Jews would understand the implications of what He is saying, but not necessarily the Gentile reader. So for the Jews, this was a connection to their own theology, their own beliefs. For the Greek, it was an introduction to God who was always there from the beginning and who created all things. Now to the Hebrew, for John to write, was the word, draws up the meaning that when God speaks a word, it happens. God said light and there was light. God and his word are inseparable. But to the Greek mind, the word word has a slightly different meaning. It is the word logos, which holds in its meaning the idea of reason or wisdom. So he is saying to the Gentile world to reason with him about the wisdom of God. He then uses the word light. And what he is doing by joining the Hebrew and Greek meanings together, uh, light means, well, light, like how a candle lights up a room. But light also means illumination, which can either be used in a physical sense, like a light illuminates a room, or a philosophical sense, such as the light of an illumination of the mind. So, John continued to write in verses four and five in him was life. And the life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it or understood it. In other words, Jesus is the Word, the Logos, the light that came down to the world and actually lived as one of us. Jesus, the light. Brings life to us all. So kids, who can answer this question? Who can finish this sentence? Jesus said, I am the light of... The world. Louder, I couldn't hear that. I am the, the light world. of... World. I couldn't hear over here. Jesus is the light of... The world. Oh, okay, I think you're right. Thank you. Thank you. What, what chapter and verse? <laughs> Anybody? Anyone? We'll get there. Without Jesus, there would only be darkness. Jesus, being God, created the world and he created light. Without him, we'd be living in total darkness. But when he said, I am the light of the world, he meant that he brings truth and understanding to everyone. Truth of who He is, our Lord, our Savior, an understanding of who He is. Our, our He is. He brings salvation, eternal life, the way to uh, to heaven. Now, the Apostle John connects his explanation then of the creation to the birth of Jesus, and I love this. This is, you know, a lot of people say the only um, Bible stories about the birth of Jesus are in Matthew and Luke, but John, he's right there. John 1, 14, the word became flesh, right there, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, his light, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Visited by shepherds who found him in a manger and later found the wise men who gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh in the house where he then lived. And it is this same Jesus who many years later boldly stood before the people to proclaim in John 8:12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of light of life. Jesus is the light whom the shepherds and the wise men found in Bethlehem. When we find him as well, his light does not simply shine upon us. His light, excuse me, his life lights our life. Again, I want to read from John, John 1, 4. In him was life and that life was the light of men. The life of Jesus is our life, is our light. i got to say that again. The life of Jesus is our light. When the Lord comes into our lives, He comes to set our lives ablaze. And John wanted to explain that. And he confirms this later when he's he's getting close to closing his gospel of John. In chapter 20, verse 31, he says, But these are written, that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. We're going to sing again. We're gonna just sing the refrain, uh, of "Star of Wonder," a couple of times. So, uh, just, one, just let's just sing that one, that one, uh, right now. Star of wonder, star of night, star with royal beauty bright, westward leading, still proceed guide us to thy perfect life star, guide us to thy perfect light. The manger, guide us to thy perfect light. The cross, guide us to thy perfect light. Jesus is that perfect light, the light of the world. So what does this mean for us on this Christmas Eve? What does it mean for us to acknowledge and believe that Jesus is the light of the world? It means that his life shines in our lives. In the beginning, God created. When everything was created, well, everything existed. But we've been born in this world to do more than just exist, to be more than existence. All of us, every one of us searches in our life for some meaning, some purpose, some, some reason that we're here. We don't want to just exist. We want to be alive. We want to be fully alive. In the beginning was the Word, Jesus. The Word became flesh. He came to us so that we could receive and experience the life God Has for us life now and life with him forever. Life begins when we cease to merely exist. Life begins when we cease to merely exist. Life begins when the light of Christ ignites our very souls like a star and brings us into a living relationship with our God. You have to be alive in order to have a relationship with somebody. We also need the light and life of Christ in order to have a a deep and meaningful and eternal relationship with our God. Christmas is that invitation a living relationship with our living Lord. As a star was an invitation to the wise men, this Christmas is his invitation into a vital and living relationship, to become involved with Jesus, to come into his presence and experience light and life. Now we've used the star as our guide through this whole Advent season at our church at Grace as an invitation to come into His presence. But it is an invitation that is more than just to come. It's an invitation to life. By believing, you may have life in His name. In Him is life. And that life is the light of men. When that light shines within us, there's no way that it can be extinguished. In His light, we have life. And the miracle of the birth of Christmas is about our own birth into Christ, whose light shines from within us and brings us to life. We invite you to that life. Let's pray now. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you've given us your Son. And the details that surround his birth are just amazing. It amazes me that just these few wise men from the, from the east could understand the star meant something. And they came to worship our Savior. Help us tonight, Lord, to receive your light whether we've been living in darkness all of our lives or our, our lives are suddenly turned with turmoil and, and um, we're distraught or, discomfortable or uncomfortable, Lord, we just ask that you would bring us your light, that our life can be full, that we will be ablaze with you, Jesus, living within us. We come to you because we have received your invitation this Christmas Eve to come into your presence and experience your life. We pray for your presence, your salvation and hope. We know that you offer forgiveness of sin through the cross that you you went to. Let us not forget that on this day, that you were born for that reason, for our hope and our salvation. We pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen.